On this week's episode, we take on the kidnapping of Elizabeth Schoaf and the piece of garbage that held her captive in an underground bunker for 10 days. Then we review the 2018 Lifetime movie, Girl in the Bunker. So once you're done digging hidey holes out in the woods, meet us in the pod shed. We're mixing our Costco vodka with filtered creek water and talking about murder. Welcome back to another episode of THC True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. This is your host, B. Dumb Bailey. B. 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 Just kidding. She's not dumb. She's Bailey. She's amazing. How's it going, B? It's fucking going. It's going. It's another week. Here we are. Hope you guys enjoyed episode 50. Here we are. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? We are back, baby. We are in our home sweet home, the pod shed. And it's better than ever. It feels great. It is. Remember last week I said pretty soon you'll hear us and we won't be bitching for no. Nope, it's perfect. It's, it's beautiful. It's probably like what eighty outside right now. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. The computer says it's ninety two, but I think the computer's lying. I think it's like we would know seventy eight. Yeah, 80 this does right not now. feel like ninety two. So mm-hmm. we are back in the pod shed. We forgot that we put up the magic mesh. The magic mesh. If you <laughs> it's guys still remember standing. from episode whatever yeah five i don't know (laughs) it's still standing yep it's still here my (sighs) sweet husband and toddler came out here this morning to make sure there was no critters make sure it was cleaned up it feels good it smells good knock Knock on on wood wood. (laughs) no special guests no special guests tonight please 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 anyways so it feels good to be back and yeah last week was fucking amazing to have that walk down memory lane and now we're back in our little home shed yeah yeah back in the pod shed so you can't drink to that for once Mm-mm. um anything you want to talk about we already talked about our work weeks yeah we just got done talking about our work weeks because some of it's kind of personal we but, can't share it with you guys and it's just you know blah i will say that i've been on straight up mom mode since 7 a.m this morning and it's exhausting yeah yeah so i woke up let nick sleep we took donuts over to Olive for her birthday. Is that where you were this morning? Because mm-hmm. we drove past you. Yeah. Did you see us? No. L- um, Lou was taking me to work. No, we totally saw you. He's like, oh, there goes Dumbface. And I'm like, really? Yeah. At this time of the morning it, on a Saturday? For real, though. I literally, I told Violet, I'm like, whatever pajamas we're going to wear is what we're wearing tomorrow morning. So just be ready Lovely. to roll out of bed, brush your teeth. We'll go get donuts. And so we took that over because today is her actual birthday. This is our friend of the family's daughter. Mm-hmm. She was the first kid besides yours, like in this neighborhood for me. Um, she just turned eight. And so we did donuts over there. And then obviously they got high on sugar and went crazy. And just, ah, eight years old birthdays. And she got a hamster. And so that was exciting. Came home. I got her to nap for like maybe an hour. Yeah. maybe while I worked on some Halloween projects with Nick, Nick built us a coffin all day. And then I had a real like daycare date where I met a mom. Whoa. I never met her before. I know how scary. This uh, is it was so scary at a park. I've never been to before. Oh, wow. The what one park? right by the one by the roundabout and uh, the fire station. 
Anyways, yeah. yeah. I'm sure you've been there. It's got like baseball fields and shit. Okay. Um, if it has baseball fields, I've for I, sure been No, there. exactly. I've never been there. I usually cruise past it to the park that's further up. Um, but yeah, it was fine. It was okay. Were the kids playing too? The, yeah, it was. It was a play date. It was the whole thing. So the older sister had been in school with Violet before. She's now in the first grade. And now she and the younger sister are butterflies together. Oh. Mm-hmm. And they wanted an at-home play date because I guess the girl has a guinea pig. That Violet, oh, yeah. right? Violet needs to see the yeah. guinea pig. That's exciting. And so us moms decided, like, let's do a park date. Yeah. And the weather's just been so shitty. This is something that you have been dreading oh, no. from the minute you gave birth. Yep. You're like, f- and because obviously my kids are a lot older mm-hmm. and I would tell you about like, oh, I have to meet up with so-and-so at the park. And you would just be like, how the fuck do you do that? Like, yeah. I'm so scared to have to like make friends and meet, which is so funny because you're so much more outgoing than I am. But, you know, you, you put it on the line for your kids. And now... So that was years ago that I expressed that fear to you. Now. In all fairness, you've been expressing it for many years. No, But now we're in pandemic. Yeah. So already full of anxiety, but it's like, do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? Do you shake their hand? Do you not shake their hand? Yeah. Like how close do you sit? Like The whole thing is so weird and awkward and uncomfortable and it went well. Of course it did. It did. The, the kids all played really well together. It was a new experience. Again, a park I'd never been to. Glad I went. Mom was very nice. She gave me some pointers as far as like um, her daughter, her older daughter goes to the school we want Violet to go to. Right. So she's like, here's some tips. Might help you because it's a lottery system. Yeah. So overall, it was great. But goddamn, between the anxiety and being up since seven and know, all the sugar, I'm fucking woo, woo. Um, My son, Wyatt, what became his best friend, Jake, his mom, Silvana, mm-hmm. I don't think she listens to this, but if she does, shout out to Silvana. She actually, and she just had, well, now she has two kids, but at the time she just had Jake, I had older kids, you know, so you yeah. would think that I would be uh, more sure of myself. But she actually taught me those lessons of like, I remember it was, it wasn't even the first day of kindergarten. We were there just to meet Wyatt's kindergarten teacher. Okay. And Silvana and her son Jake showed up early. They were the next meeting. And I just remember she came in and just right away introduced herself. Hey guys, this is Jake. I'm his mom, Silvana. Yeah. Hey, do you guys want to play? Do you guys like live near here? Oh, like me, like she just, like handle the social and i want to be that mom mm-hmm. me too yeah. and then i saw her do it with everybody yeah and i'm like it oh, makes she, sense. she was so concerned with jake making friends that she went out Above there and, and made sure that jake made friends and i was like that's so amazing <laughs> so on that note of putting yourself out there um it was the little girl that really initiated the whole play date and so i'm like all right babe get your mom to drop me a note in mm-hmm. Violet's cubby. I'm yeah. like, if you can convince your mom that this is something your mom wants to do, I'm game. Yeah. Drop that note. Next day. I yeah. got it. Yeah. Love it. Right. On like a little banana piece of paper. So cute. So a couple of days after that, I know that they've been talking about it at school. 
Because then another girl approaches me and she's like, oh, well, I want you to leave a note for my mom. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's a whole secret note society. Right. So I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm not going to do it here. I'm like, Violet and I will go home and we'll make you a note. So we did. We like arts and crafted a thing. I put my number in. I have not heard from that mom, which I'm fucking living for. I love it. It's so funny because I know they got it because the teacher saw the little girl get it and how excited she was. So, you know, she showed it to her mom that is so funny it's not like her mom thinks it's like some arts and craft project it's got my phone number in no, it. no it happens and, some and parents, that's okay yeah some parents no judgment no shame Mm-mm. i i've given my number to many a children yeah to give to their parents yeah. and not heard back it's so okay but i do love both ends yeah both ends and i will say thing. my oldest lila was always the initiator mm-hmm. where i didn't even think twice about it I'll talk to anybody who starts up a conversation. I have to get better at like being, like I said, like Silvana, that powerhouse that goes Putting up yourself and like there. puts yourself out there. But I remember because um, Law was like, Lila was like the new kid in their class because Lila goes to this kind of hippie school where you stay with the same group of kids first through eighth grade. You stay in the same class of kids. And in theory, have the same one to two teachers that gets you through those years. And so she was kind of the new kid starting off in second Second or third grade, grade, second grade. And these kids have been together since kindergarten. Right. And she got in there and she made friends. And she actually she's always been this way when she was really little and we would go to the park. She would go up, introduce herself, become friends with people always. Yeah. And then one of the girls' moms, who I'm now friends with, came up to me at some school function. We were, I think it was like a picnic or something that we were all doing. And she's all, hey, just to let you know, like the group of friends who are so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, like we're having a sleepover and like Lila heard us talking about it and came up and asked us, can I be invited? Can I come? And the other girls were really excited about it. And she said, not only like, of course she's invited and I just want to like- I love her confidence Yeah, so she's like, I just want to really tell you how great it is that she was, she- you know, she threw she herself incredible. out there. Yeah. She wasn't scared to let it be known. Right. I'm like, great. Perfect. I won't lie. I got no shame. I've got a mom crush. Ooh. It's one of the moms that just left. Her kid just started kindergarten. She's the one that left me the note. That was very sweet. Like, oh, I'm sure so-and-so oh, right. will miss Violet, but mm-hmm. I'm going to miss. Mm-hmm. So I did hit her up. Yeah. And um, you guys could totally hang out. Yeah. She's going to get her kid into Violet's dance class. Okay. And, um, but the reason why I like her is because she was at one of the birthday parties. I was stupid hungover. Yeah. And she shows up with her sunglasses on and I'm like, oh my God, I really don't want to be here. And she's like, girl, same. Right. She's like, where's the bottled water at? Right. (laughs) And then we get to talking and Nick finds out later, she's like learning to get her pilot's license. So I'm like, I don't care if our kids like each other or not. Like we're making them hang out. I'm like, I am reeling her in because I super like these parents. Like they are so fucking cool. Yeah, and I feel like the town we live in have, for the majority, I mean, maybe I'm just in a bubble because my kids go to a really cool school, so most people are on the same page. Yeah. But everyone's been super cool, and you realize that everybody's the same, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. 
So it's been great. Well, there's our mom talk, guys. I know. Sorry to bore you all, but it, sorry. it was a big deal. I, that's a really big and deal. And we've talked about it on the podcast. Like, it, Look at you mm-hmm. making mom friends, hooking up friends for your kid. And here's a helicopter. <laughs> Can you guys hear it? Um, so I've been listening to more Celebrity Memoir Book Club. I listened to one. Did you listen to Jen Jameson? No, I listened to Holly Madison. Oh, was that good? Not for Holly. <laughs> Uh-oh. I listened. I think their latest episode, maybe not their latest episode, but within the last four episodes that they've put out. I saw Jenna. Yeah. It's Jenna Jameson, yeah. which holds a special place in so our hearts. So special. Mm-hmm. Because Jenna Jameson, if you guys don't know, is a porn star. I remember that day like vividly. Me too. Yeah. So we were out of high school because I was dating I wasn't dating Lou yet I don't think yeah so I was 18 you were blonde or 19 I was blonde but Lou was in the picture yes. because Jenna Jameson was coming to San Francisco to do a book signing because her memoir just came out how to make love like a porn star yep. and I don't know what it was I didn't even watch porn but I was like I knew who Jenna Jameson was I was a big Howard Stern fan at the time. And she was on Howard a lot. Absolutely Stern. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she was just so cool. Yeah. And I was like, I want to go meet Jenny Jameson. Regardless of the porn, we were into strippers. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Like we knew who she was. Yeah. And so I called this guy who I was like friends with at the time. This guy. Who ended up being my husband. But I asked him if he wanted to do it. He was busy. Yeah. And I knew he was busy because he didn't normally blow me off. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll call be <laughs> right knowing like the chances that i would say yes, say yes to anything slim to none yeah. that's why i didn't call just Bailey like first. this podcast right yeah. mm-hmm. i knew why Bailey, I even asked i knew bailey was gonna say no she either it had just to rolls out. off the tongue she was either gonna have to hang out with her parents or go to work right that's all she did <laughs> fucking funny daddy <laughs> like great and you said yes i did and we barded out there and we had to book it we were on like we were almost late yep we had to find our way through the and city. And we didn't have a book. We got in line. We were like the end of the line. And people were coming by because it was at the... And we realized... Vir- was it Virgin Record Store? Probably. Or Tower Records. It was at a big record store. Whatever, yeah. Like a huge one in the city in San Francisco. We were at the end of the line. And someone comes out saying... Like she's about to she should have finished. She's going to stay late. But But you you have have to to. have bought a book. Yeah. And of course, the books are sold out at the record store. And I was like, oh, we ran. I didn't. You did. Oh, I stayed in line. Oh, that's right. It was the end of the line and they were shutting the line off up hill up those steep fucking San Francisco. How you did it be booked it to a Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Up and down San Francisco Hills found her way to a Barnes Noble, which I couldn't pay her to find her way to a Barnes right. and Noble I in this town find, right now. I couldn't find her way to the tire shop up the street. This town <laughs> is an eighth of the size of San Francisco. And, and there's a Barnes and Noble. Yes. And I, if I paid her $100, no. she couldn't get us there. Nope. I could get us there. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, she found her way to a Barnes and Noble, yeah. bought two books. Which, oh, my God. I mean, what were they, like 60 bucks a I piece? I don't even remember. It had to have been expensive. Yeah. I don't even remember. Well, it was back in the early aughts, so maybe like 30 bucks a piece. But either way, the fact that I had the the money and I found the bookstore and that the bookstore was fucking open. All working. I feel like they were getting ready to dark. close. Yeah. It was rainy. It was. It was foggy San Francisco weather. The gods were against us. But you, you we, it said, happened. fuck you. It happened. And so you got the books mm-hmm. and then they were still like, I don't know, the 
people that ran the book signing were like, she's going to leave you guys. Like, she's been doing this a long time. We're like, are you kidding me? We're holding After out. After the running up and down hills and buying a book from a different we store. We weren't leaving for anything. So we got there. Everyone in the line started screaming, like chanting her name, like affectionately oh, yeah. because we got it. Mm-hmm. We knew she was exhausted. Mm-hmm. There was no hate against that. No. But we also knew that we'd been standing in this line. In and a the drizzly, whole rainy line. fucking line was just like, Jenna, <laughs> we fucking <laughs> love. I like, forgot about that. Oh, like so we went off. And we got in and there. And it paid off. We met her. And she, she was, was the sweetest. So sweet. So humble. So kind. So fucking blinged out. Oh, yeah. I had never seen diamonds like that in real right. life. No. That, not that up close. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like, because she had these rocks on both hands. And she had this huge canary diamond ring on her left hand. And I was like, damn, girl, like, what what guy did you find to, like, get you that or something like that? And she's all, honey, I bought this myself. Right, I don't and need I a like, man okay, to girl. buy me anything. Of course. Yeah. My bad. She was so sweet. Signed both of our books. So now we both have signed copies of this book on Celebrity Memoir Book Club. a great book. book. They, for as much shit as they talked about Olivia Munn that I said last week, they had almost nothing but praise for Jenna. Mm-hmm. They loved her book. They loved her point of view. They loved how she didn't hold back on like the story. drug addiction and the abuse that can happen in the sex yeah. industry and the suicide, great. everything. Great book. And I had forgot a lot about the book. So hearing yeah. them talk about it, I was like, oh, maybe I need to go read the book again. I've lent it out to multiple people oh and God. they've they've all been like oh i'm glad you recommended it to me like it was a great read great book so Mm -hmm. i definitely recommend that i've listened to a few more episodes i have not listened i haven't gotten to holly yet yeah but um so far still a great podcast but i just wanted to bring up the jenna jameson one because i was like oh that yeah is really a moment yeah that's a moment in time for us of course love it okay so real quick I want to give a couple Instagram shout outs. Yay. These are people that just recently have been interacting a lot. There are people before this that have been interacting a lot, but um, I can't look that far back in the past. <laughs> so this is just the past week. <laughs> but I thought maybe every week, if you guys want to like comment and talk to me on Instagram, I'll give you a shout out. Right. I love that. So we have Lisa who has talked to me a lot on Instagram. We Aww. love her. Thank you. I don't know if it's Lisa, but it's spelled like it's Lisa. Sure. I mean, fucking L Y S S S S U H H. Candy V 17 has been talking to us. One Giants fan one has been Uh-oh. talking to us. Oh, God. Terrell Carey has been talking to us. Maya Sue. And if I'm pronouncing these wrongs, because these are just their Instagram handles. So if these are wrong, I apologize, guys. But I'm sure I'm close enough that you guys know who I'm talking yeah, to. Yeah, because, I mean, we get actual people's names in the cases wrong. So right, let alone Instagram <laughs> handles. So all of you guys have been talking to me this past week. Thank you so much. And then I want to give a special shout out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to tell you what it's about, because we're going to see if it ever happens. And then I'll sh- I'll really like call it out. But Emily Lynn Hu had commented... That we should add something to the drinking game and it's something you do <laughs> and that we should take a drink. But I don't want to say what it is because I don't want you to feel forced to do it. So Emily Lynn Hu, if you're listening to this, I I, I Can I guess? get your comment. Did you read it? 
No. I, it, can I guess? Yeah, because by the way, guys, B, B doesn't read the Instagram comments like I do. If, if THC podcast is talking to you, I'm talking to you. So B sometimes reads it. If there's like a really sweet message, I'll like screenshot it and send it to B. But um, so you haven't read this one? Is okay. it like blah, blah, blah? It's very close to that. Okay. But it's not that. So Emily Lynn, who, if she does it, I will shout it out during the podcast, either this episode or a future episode, because you don't do it every episode. And a lot, I'll, I mean, can't be so because if no, we, no, no, right, no, no, yeah. no. It's very much you. I don't do this, okay. And you don't do it every episode, okay. So no pressure, oh, right? <laughs> Figure out what right. No, I am so in my head. Right, I'm not going to listen to a fucking <laughs> word you say. I'm not going to listen to a fucking <laughs> word. So this brings up our drinking game. Of course, the rules are posted on THC podcast on Instagram. But anytime we cheers, anytime we're not in the pod shed, anytime we spill anything, anytime we mention a badass big sister, anytime we mention a past THC episode or anytime we mention the USA Network classic <laughs> show, Monk. Right. If USA can <laughs> send us a sponsor <laughs> and shout real. out, give me some, a coaster, a, co- a, a, m- a monk. Sure. I would cry. <laughs> among real hello, tears. Among, a real among, tears. Among sticker. <laughs> yeah, I would cry. Um, Dude, Tony Shalhoub. We're your biggest fans. <laughs> biggest fans. And my parents <sighs> alone watch every USA Network show that they produce. So I, I feel can't like we tell you something. how mad I am at like Dish Network or whatever my parents have. That they don't Fe- have Monk. No, that they have it. But that's the one channel that glitches. Oh, that's right. Right. It was such a tease because I try to watch it every night until it would glitch. God damn it. <sighs> so anytime those things happen. Take a drink, take a sip, take a chug. Mm. Should we pause all the way to make another drink? Yeah, but I do want to say. Okay. We might also have a new listener. Oh, my God. Right. I had mentioned on the last podcast that we have a friend that was staying in town because of the fires. Yes. He, I believe, Nick, it seemed like Nick was forcing his hand, joined. But mainly so because he's an Apple person, right? And oh. we don't know how the whole Apple side works. No, but works. give us a five-star ring belling. Which he did. Someone else on there did not. Someone <gasps> else gave us a one-star review. No. How did we check the reviews? I'll ask him to keep us posted. What did they say? They didn't. They didn't say one word. They it just was, gave us a one-star? And you know what? That's better than no stars. No, I don't think that's true. Oh, well, I'm like I the bad publicity is good. It's still publicity. Right? <laughs> All that publicity <laughs> we're getting from that one star review. What a, but yeah. I can't believe someone gave us a Some, one star. Someone gave us a one. I'm sticking to Instagram where they only hype us up. And we talk a lot of shit about Apple people. <laughs> <laughs> we're team Android all day, baby. <laughs> so get I, the galaxies or get. I did want to point that out really quickly. And my TikTok world got very small. This week, I was just flipping, flipping like I do. Mainly, more than anything, I've been scrolling past so much just looking for Halloween DIYs. I came across someone, we, not you, but like Nick and I know. Uh It's one of Nick's really good friends. Oh my God. The amount of shit Nick talks about all of us TikTokers. Yeah. And to see one of his good friends have a TikTok account where he's talking. He has a farm. Oh. And that he the I guess one of his goats just had a goat that's blind and all the followers were like super Wow. But the fact how small my tick 
TikTok. Like you Crazy. were talking about seeing TikTokers in the Crazy. wild to flip across That's someone. That's a literal for you page. You- that blew my mind. That's crazy. Yeah. So on that note, we're going to make a beverage. Please We're going to pause so we can make a beverage. And we're back with drinks in hand. What are we drinking tonight, me? And we're back and the brows are filled. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> tonight we are mixing our Bud Seltzer Cranberry. Because we're feeling festive. Bud seltzers are just what was... On sale. On sale. Of course. And cranberries very much, we're getting in the fall feels with a little vodka. So we've been really deconstructing the idea of a one-star review. We've never had a bad review. (laughs) So I'm a little... I have to just take it in. She's going down the rabbit hole. I got to take it in. I got to swallow my pride and understand that we're not for everybody and that's okay. Hey, if you left the one-star review... Maybe leave us a comment. They're not going <laughs> to listen again after they leave a one-star review. Oh, my God. But I can tell you all my feedback on Instagram has only ever been positive. Right. So shout out to the fans. Thanks to the gram. Who have been listening. All three of you. Thank you. We love you. Um, I was going somewhere with that, though. Shit. Oh, <laughs> your husband gave us <laughs> constructive criticism oh, that yeah. he skips all of our questions <laughs> in the beginning and then also stops listening at the end. I would say, feel free to skip the beginning yeah. because it really is just bullshit. It's us warming up. I would really stick around for the end, you guys. If you have not been listening to the last five minutes of the episodes, you're missing out. There's on some gems. Our favorite memories of any THC episode usually happens in the last five minutes. Yeah. So that's usually when we're the drunkest or the highest, and that's usually when shit goes <laughs> off, off the, rails. the rails. So I really recommend. <laughs> Sticking around to the end. And if you have I think it's more so like all the married at first sight shit. And, I understand that. But it's sure. a good time. Yeah, it's I completely understand. Time. It's not what you're here for, but it is fun. And I would recommend staying for it and it's going back and listening to the last five minutes of every episode you've missed. Guilty it's pleasure. Really, usually pretty funny. <laughs> all right. Tonight's episode, we are doing the kidnapping of Elizabeth Schof. And you watched what? Lifetime movie. Girl in the Bunker. We love a Lifetime movie. Not to be confused with Girl, Girl in, the box. in the Box. As in, what's in the box? What's in the box? Episode 38. I I, uh, I also bring up episode 38 later. <laughs> All right. So, I got to be honest, this one, I was a little lazy with the research. Girl. Wow. Shocking, I know. Girl, there's girl in a box, girl in a basement, girl in a bunker. Like, what the fuck? Girls are everywhere. What everywhere but at fuck? home where they should be. It's like now the whole Wayfair conspiracy is starting to make worse. Right? So I basically, the first time I heard this was on an episode of My Favorite Murder, which I did not re-listen to, but it was a great episode when I listened to it in real time. <laughs> And then I listened to an episode of a true crime podcast called Once Upon a True Crime. That's cute. Great episode. Kudos to the creators of that podcast. They do a great job. Hey, go leave them a five-star review. <laughs> um, <laughs> so fucking salty. <laughs> and, uh, and then there was just some articles. There was a little Wikipedia and a little I, wiki doodle. And then a couple other, but I didn't like read an article. I just kind of skimmed to see where or if Elizabeth was still alive and, and what she was doing today if she was. So. Which uh, I want to know. 
Yeah. So I I didn't write down any of those articles because I was just skimming. But if you're one of those authors of those articles, if you're a journalist and you feel offended that I didn't name you. We appreciate you. Leave us a one star (laughs) review and leave a comment below. And leave it in the Apple. Leave it in the Apple. In the Apple. (laughs) We don't give a fuck about Apple. We are Android till we die, bitch. It's all an Apple conspiracy because we ride so hard for Androids. Anywho, on a softer note, let's talk about this poor girl. This is actually perfect timing because it happens like right now, September 6th, but back in 2006. Wow. We're currently recording this on September 4th, 2021. Yeah. So that was kind of weird. Yeah. September 6th, 2006, 14-year-old Elizabeth Schof is getting off the school bus near her home in Luke. Lugoff, mm-hmm. South Carolina. The bus stop is about 200 feet away from her home. Elizabeth is a pretty brunette. She's just started the ninth grade. She's a good girl. She comes from a good family. She's a little quiet and a little shy, but she has these really great friendships. She's a badass big sister. Amen. Yep. Because she's really close to her little brother. Yep. She takes care of him every day after school. <clears throat> She just got her first boyfriend mm-hmm. her freshman year of high school. And every day after school, she goes home. She watches her little brother. She's a very responsible, sweet, all-American girl. Yes, girl. So she gets off the bus, and she lives in a pretty rural part of South Carolina. There's woods surrounding her home on mm-hmm. either side of her home. And actually, a car full of her friends pull up at the same time that she's getting off the bus and ask her if she wants to go, like, hang out or whatever. They could drop her back at home later. Being the badass big sister that she is, she's like, no, 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 guys. She's got responsibilities. I got to go home. I got to watch my 12-year-old brother. That's my job. And she always goes home after school. So they're like, all right, we'll catch you later. They drive off. She starts walking home. And at... Blocking her from her house at the end of the path appears this man, a tall, thin, 30-ish year old looking man blocking her way to her house. He's wearing camo pants and a sheriff department T-shirt. He also has a rifle slung over his shoulder and he informs her that she is under arrest. Interesting. Which immediately sets off red flags because she has never been somebody who has ever done anything. Right, what, yeah, what the fuck did she do? To constitute an arrest. He puts her hands behind her back. He puts handcuffs on her wrists. And he starts walking her, not to a police car, nope. into the woods. He informs her that he's arresting her and her little brother for possession of marijuana. Which, of course, they have never possessed or smoked weed in their lives. Right. He starts walking her through the woods and he starts questioning her like, do you have a cell phone? When are your parents going to be home? Mm -hmm. Yada, yada, yada. Eventually asks her if she's a virgin, which she replies like, why do you want to know if I'm a virgin? Right. Because cops totally ask that. That's just a common question to ask a nice young lady when you're arresting her for pot charges. He proceeds to tell her. Like, basically, don't be stupid. You know why I'm asking. You know what this is really about. Right. At which point she's terrified. He places a black box around her neck, which he tells her is a bomb. And that if she tries to run off, he'll detonate the bomb. So killing her. He then proceeds to walk her around basically in circles. They go back and forth. They loop around. 
They're doing these big loops in this wooded area to confuse Elizabeth. And she does. She gets super disoriented. And she realizes that if she were even able to make a break for it right now. She wouldn't know where to go. She wouldn't know where to go. She wouldn't know which way home is. Interesting. Okay. She is wearing sandals. Mm. So she does. This is a smart cookie. And she's a tough girl. And she's wearing sandals. She slips them off one at a time. (gasps) So she can leave clues behind for people hopefully searching for her one day could find her sandals. Amazing. In the woods. So like we said, badass big sister. So smart. So, so smart. He leads her to the middle of the woods where he reaches down and opens up a trap door that's just in the ground. Right. by leaves. Right. (sighs) Underneath this trap door is a dark hole. Elizabeth is assuming at this point it's a grave that he dug for her and that he's going to probably rape her and kill her. And leave her body in the hole. I never even thought that. How terrifying. Instead, he forces Elizabeth into the hole where she finds... This like handmade ladder that she takes down into this handmade bunker. Right. Where everything is dirt. The walls, the floor, the ceiling is dirt. The ceiling's reinforced with these like beams. Uh Uh-huh. And in this bunker, it's very small and musty, but it is fitted out with a bed, Mm -hmm. shelves of food, a propane tank, a camping stove, even like a TV. Yep. And... On the shelves with the food are multiple weapons and lots of pornography. Ew. Exactly. So who is this man that took sweet Elizabeth? This is Vincent Filia, a 36-year-old unemployed man. Um, He has a pretty normal upbringing, but he does start drinking pretty heavily as a teen, which... Hey, let's note that's our age. I know. I did think about that. It is literally our age. I was like, ugh, gross. Real winner. He starts drinking heavily as a teenager, which leads to him never having much success in life. Hey, we started drinking heavily as teenagers and and we're fucking awesome. Yeah, we do have success in life. We're incredible. And we have a a not successful podcast, but, you know. (laughs) No excuses. We're pretty happy about it. Right. And just because you leave us a one star review doesn't mean we're going to go fucking dig a bunker. Okay. That's right. We're not just kidnapping people over your one-star review. So joke's on you. We're still doing this podcast. Um, He eventually meets a woman named Cindy Hall, and he settles down with her. He starts working construction and becomes a stepdad to Cindy's three kids. Ugh. He's especially, air quote, close to 11-year-old Amber. He even says that she's like his second housewife, which makes me want to... Fucking barf all over the pod shed. So interesting. I just want to point this out now. All the other names in the movie so far are the same. They mm-hmm. did change this girl's name. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Vincent would go into Amber's room late at night to rape and molest her. Oh, my God. Cindy, who knew about this. Would drug Amber with Benadryl to make the raping easier. So, <sighs> mother of the year no, award, yeah, Cindy. No, nothing to be said on that. Vincent tells Amber that, um, of course, if she tells anybody about this, that he won't just kill her. He'll kill her whole family. And Amber is also a badass I was sister. just going to say, I'll drink to fucking that. Did not know that. And he will kill her siblings if she says anything. So, mm. of course, she stays quiet. 
he starts digging a hole outside of their home, which he says is a storm cellar. And whenever he gets mad or drunk at Amber, he locks her in the storm cellar. He locks it from the outside. This goes on for months as long as well as raping Amber at night. This goes on for the better part of a year. So I didn't get a whole lot of this girl's story Mm -hmm. in my movie. And I would like to point out that this reminds me of a a lot of our past episode. Um, I get the the afflicted, the affliction. Yes. Right. That evil piece of garbage woman. Prostituting out. Was that Teresa Knorr? Maybe. Prostituting out her very young daughter. It's hard because we have two awful moms besides. We have. Yeah. No, we have multiple awful moms. But there's Teresa Knorr and then there's another mom. I'll look to confirm the name, but I'm getting very much the affliction vibes. From Cindy, whatever her name is. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. In seventh grade, one of Amber's teachers notices something has changed and something is very wrong with her. And she questions Amber and questions her until finally Amber admits to what's going on. The teacher does what she's supposed to do, which is calls the cops, calls CPS. A warrant is released for Vincent's arrest. And he goes into hiding, into one of his little hidey holes. And, of course, Cindy knows about this, but she tells the cops, I haven't seen him, haven't heard from him. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. And it was absolutely Teresa Knorr. So way to go. Cheers to you, bitch, for remembering that shit. Teresa Knorr, you fucking piece of shit garbage. garbage. All right. So now Vincent's in hiding and he's pissed. He's pissed at Amber. Yep. And he's pissed at the cops because they believed her. They didn't even hard, cruel world out to get him. Always the victim. Oh, always the victim. Yeah. And the cops didn't even like give him a chance to explain himself. They just automatically no. believed her, even though you were literally hiding in a hole, innocent until proven guilty. Mm, yeah. So he starts a plan, and he starts off by building this bunker. <laughs> Right. That's yeah. outfitted better than any hole he's dug so far. Right. By the way, he's dug multiple practice holes. holes. Practice holes. On That's going to be the name of this. <laughs> practice <laughs> holes is the name of this episode. Congratulations, B. Um, he's dug multiple holes, practice holes on his property and in the woods. Yeah. And he takes one of these and he outfits it into his little bunker that he made. And his plan is kidnap amber keep her in this bunker i'm assuming rape her outfit the outside of the bunker with like trip wires and bombs and traps lure the police in to right. come find him and then the police will set off the bombs <clears throat> exactly. killing yep. them and then he will kill amber and kill himself yes 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 mm-hmm. that's the plan yep Here, brilliant here's the problem the CPS has decided that Amber isn't safe living at her home. Can't imagine why. Hey, you know what? I think this is one of the first times we can actually give the CPS round of applause. Round of applause. And they used a different term for the CPS. It doesn't matter. It must have been like a local agency. Just like the different FBIs. Yeah, for better or worse, it's CPS. The KBIs. So they send Amber to live out of state with her family. Thank God. With some relatives. Thank God. 
Yeah, but now Vincent has this plan in place. I know. Bunker built. And and no one. Pent up rage yeah. ready yeah. to seek revenge. And he's got no one to take it out on. Mm-hmm. So he starts like the weird psychopathic pedophile he is watching the local school bus because his home isn't actually that far away from the Shof's home. And then last week with the fucking targeting the kids on the school buses. God damn it, people. Kind of, yeah. So he's watching the school buses. I do not want my kid on a school bus. And he picks poor, poor, sweet Elizabeth. So now we are back to the bunker. We've gotten Elizabeth down the ladder in the bunker. Vincent has forced her to strip her clothes off and get naked where he proceeds to rape her immediately. Mm Mm-hmm. She cries and begs and pleads for him to stop. And she realizes that the more she does this, the more violent he gets. Yep. After the initial rape is over, he puts a chain around her neck and attaches it to a beam in the ceiling so she can barely move. This is just like episode 38. Yep. Colleen Stan. All so well. Mm-hmm. This confines her basically to the bed. Yep. She can't really leave the bed. Now, it feels like a lot's happened. Uh, it does. Absolutely. Mom Madeline calls home, calls the house to make sure she does it every day to make sure the kids are home and safe. Because by now, she, sh- she should have already heard from. Yeah. So yeah. She, she always calls the house after she knows that both Elizabeth and her brother are home yeah. from the bus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Settled in, doing their homework. Right. And so she makes her daily call and little bro is like, she's not home yet. Right. And that's very much not like Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. So the mom's like, all right, maybe the bus is running late or maybe she had to stay after school for some reason and she couldn't call me. Give her the benefit of the doubt. Yep. She does not have a cell phone. Correct. I don't know. They didn't say. Okay. I'm assuming no, because I'm also assuming no. It it does not seem like. I don't think she has a cell phone. Yeah. Or if she does, maybe it's one of those things where she's just allowed to use it at home. Or something. Right, right, but right. She does not have one on her person. Yes. By 4.30, her mom, Madeline, calls back again. Still not there. Calls the school. The buses were running on time. Nobody stayed late after school. Her yeah. daughter didn't stay late after yeah. school. And so now she's obviously in a panic. Uh-huh. Calls her husband. Mom and dad both come home early from work. Call the cops. The May- cops say the same. Quick. Sorry. Any idea what dad does? No. Okay. Because I don't even mention dad's name. I don't. Right. Dad. Okay. Okay. Good. They didn't even give dad a name. Right. Okay. Okay. Mr. Shof. There we go. Perfect. Uh, They call the cops. What do the cops say? It's call back later. Like it's no big deal. It's a runaway. She probably ran away. Mm -hmm. They said 95% of the time that that parents call about teenagers missing. It's a right. Yeah. What do you guys? Or they're off with their boyfriend Mm -hmm. or blah, blah, blah. Or it's like it's like it hasn't been 24 hours. So what do you expect us to do about it? Yeah. And Madeline is persistent about the fact that her daughter would not fucking run away. And this is too many episodes to list. But we've had so many episodes Mm -hmm. of moms who have said this. The one that. I can't remember which one it is. No, I We've had it. so many episodes of moms who have done this and said, my kid would not do this. Take it serious. And the cops kind of brush them off. I feel like there should be training for officers because there are clearly moms who are neglectful for whatever reason. Yeah. For their hardships in life, whatever they're going through, that they 
will claim to know these things about their kids, but they're, they clearly don't. Mm-hmm. And you should be able to detect those mothers and separate them from the moms who are real serious about it. Cause it seems pretty fucking clear yeah. that these moms know their kids and their routines right. and what would be considered not normal. Like, right. Yeah. Not consistent. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, Absolutely. And I don't know where to begin with that, but something should happen. Yeah. It's just something that really stood out. I know because it hits home for us because we are those moms who know our kids. And also because I do. I get it for cops. I get it. There are going to be those people where they're going to swear up and down. Oh, I know my kid. Yeah. And they're garbage people. Or they just are out of touch. No, that's not for any specific reason, but because they can't be that parent for their kid at that time but you should be able to tell the difference yeah and if somebody if one of our kids went missing we can tell them exactly where our kids should have been who they should have been with when where every second of the day is accounted for absolutely in one way or another so for one of our kids to go missing we would be those moms who are like no no, absolutely not take this fucking serious yeah my kids should have been here and they're not and they are always and the idea that an officer wouldn't for some reason take me it must be so frustrating Um, nope nope Obviously, when they get home, they do a quick sweep of her room, mom and dad, all any important items if they were going to run away. Mm-hmm. And they know that Elizabeth wouldn't run away, but they check just in case her money that she's been saving up. Yep. Still there. Clothes all still there. A laptop. Mm-hmm. Everything that she would have in theory taken with her to air quote run away. Mm-hmm. Still there. Yep. Of course. Great. Early the next morning, we start the search party. We have dogs. We have helicopters. Mm-hmm. News is on the scene. We have helicopters. We do. Yeah. That's perfect timing. Uh-huh. Can you guys hear the helicopter again? Um, the search party gets bigger and bigger and bigger throughout the following days. They're taking it serious now. They're really honestly searching for Elizabeth. This is a heavily wooded area. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to search they start searching on ATVs. They start searching on horseback. Mm-hmm. They are searching by foot. They are doing everything they can and they are getting nothing. Yeah. By day four, flyers are distributed across this town and local towns. And at this point, the sheriff is basically preparing himself to find a dead body. Yeah. He's like, there's no way this many days people don't survive this. This girl is dead. Right. He doesn't tell the parents that. But, but in his own way. Yeah. This is what he's thinking. Yeah. Madeline, the mom, however, absolutely believes that her daughter's alive. She can feel it. She knows it. Again, too many episodes to list. But yeah. This has been a reoccurring theme where the mom just knows that something else is going on. Okay. Side note. Super bizarre. I don't know if you experience it as a mom. I don't think I'm ready or at the point where I can. I swear to you, my mom can feel it when something's wrong with me. My mom can't because my mom's very much in her but own I world. But I can expect you to for some way. I yeah. feel like you would be the type of mom that can tap into your kids. Oh, yeah. I do now because especially because my kids, especially the oldest one, is at that age, 11, where she's like, I know something's wrong. And I'm like, what's going on? Nothing. Right. What's wrong? I'm fine. And you have to kind of pester her a little bit gently to get her to open up and then something is wrong and, and something did happen so what's even crazier is because i've been out of my mom's house for so long i don't know how she does it 
and it's really fucking spooky. <laughs> we talk, we send bullshit text, whatever. We'll go days, a week, maybe. If I'm feeling a certain way, mm-hmm. nine out of 10 times, she's going to text me what's wrong. Yeah. She can somehow feel it in her fucking bones. Yeah. What's going on with me? And that mother-daughter connection. So cool. Mother-kid connection. It's like because we grew them, it's like they're literally a living part of us just outside of our bodies. Yeah. My mom has a lot going on that uh, I think severed that connection and we won't get into that. However, um, my dad's like that. See? My dad always know and my mom and I will talk like every day yeah. and it's all about like whatever's going on in her world and it's all a little like eh, she it's it's a lot for her to ask me what's like oh hey how are you doing it's usually a full length conversation on her end right and then right before I hang up she's like oh but oh, how are and you, you. I'm like I'm fine yeah, yeah, yeah but my dad is the opposite where I'll go long period not when he was sick with he cancer knows. Yeah. I would talk to him every day just to try to get him through it but before that and now that he's beat cancer, we're kind of back to normal, which is we go long periods without talking to each other. When you he, do, it means it. But he'll call me yeah. when I'm going through some shit and be like, I just had a feeling I needed to call you. What's yeah. going on? Mm-hmm. Or my dad is so great about um, growing up. My dad's house was basically, for a lack of a better word, very poor. We didn't have my dad's house, not the house I grew up in, but my dad's house with my siblings and my stepmom, they never had a landline. They yeah. didn't have a phone. They didn't have cable. Electricity was on and off, depending on whether or not they could pay the bill. Right. Food only came around when we got food stamps, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So keeping in constant contact with my dad was not a thing. However, if a big life event happened, he knew my dad He'd would find a way. fucking show up. He would find he a way. He wouldn't just call us. He would appear. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing here? He's Where'd like, you come well, from? I heard from someone and this and that and that and blah, 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 blah. It and found he its way. would find out. And it wouldn't even be like my house burnt down when, what, how old was I? 15, 16? Yeah. I feel like closer to 15. I feel Anyways, like, yeah. my house burnt down when I was a teenager. My mom and stepdad's house burnt down when I was a teenager. And we and didn't have a chance to up. like call my dad or anything. And like the... That those days are so hazy and so tragic and full of so much grief. And I was at my godmother's house, which is in the same town my dad lived in, and he just appeared. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, we Didn't haven't even matter. called him. Nope. And he just knew. He's like, I just knew I had to find you. And I called around town and I found you. But that's how he's been my whole life. And it's something I never believed in until I now have a child. Yeah. And it's a reoccurring theme on our podcast. And I just, I very much so feel it with this mom right now. Yeah. She is standing there. Everyone else is ready to give up hope. Yeah. But she can feel in her bones, in her gut, Mm -hmm. that her baby is fucking out there. And it's incredible. I guess what it means is like always listen to your gut instinct. I don't think my, maybe that's what it is. I don't think my mom listens to that very much. She's kind of neurotic and in her head. My dad only listens to his gut right. instinct. He, he's all about. And it's something I'm not very good at either. Yeah, because you kind of get in your head. I am so I'm locked in my head. It's my biggest fault. But, but. you're great at connecting with your kids. So mm-hmm. You'll be great. Oh, she's 
she's breaking down those barriers, yeah. those walls. She's like a bust. wrecking ball. Miley Cyrus. She's, she's, my, she's coming through. She's she's my wrecking ball. I will have to say though, yeah. let's not give Violet too much credit. I you've did been some you've been chipping walls. away. You've been chipping away. You're you're my Shawshank. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all these walls that B's your, husband and daughter. No, broke you're my down, Shawshank. Because I was chipping away for years, years. You're the one that like op- you loosen up the cap just so someone B else. wouldn't even hug people. No, nope. like I had to get her to hug me. It nope. took years to do you it. You loosened up the cap so other people That's could right. open up the pickles. You're welcome. You're welcome, Nick and B or Nick and Violet. All those pickles. That's because of me. You're welcome. So yes, that mom. I feel her so much in this moment. Absolutely. So she believes, she feels it in her gut. Her kid is alive somewhere. She knows. <sighs> mm. Now, back in the bunker. Back in the bunker. Elizabeth has figured out to just submit. Mm-hmm. She stops crying. She stops begging. Not as a sign of weakness, but nope. because the violence stops when she just submits. Mm-hmm. And she goes to a different plane of existence when he's raping her and doing these horrific things to her where mm-hmm. she disconnects from her body Luckily, I am not, I've never been sexually assaulted. Thank God, knock on wood. But I have heard about that a lot with yep. sexual assault survivors, especially if it's abuse that happens over and over and over again, that they can disconnect their mind from their body and go to like a different place. Yes. So that is what Elizabeth is doing. However, one day she can hear searchers. They're so close. <sighs> To the bunker, that not only can she hear them, they she can see their shadows right. through the she cracks can, like, of the trap them. door, mm-hmm. and so she calls out for help. But of course, stupid piece of shit, garbage Vincent is, is in the not, bunker uh, with her, stops her from calling out, and just reminds her that if she calls out like that, he's going to kill her, and then he's and gonna, her brother, and he's going to go after always, her family always, and her brother, always. So he shuts her up and the searchers move on, which must just be to know the most upsetting thing. They're within like your reach. It reminds me of when you hear about people like lost at sea for a month and they see a ship in the distance and they can't get the ship's attention. Okay. And it sails away. So last week, the two victims at Lake Berryessa and the the boat. Right. And I immediately assumed that they were like, oh, fuck this. And they just bounced out. But no, they did the right fucking thing, which was incredible. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, be that person. So absolutely. Be if that you person. think if, if you think it's shady, I don't care. Even if it's not. What's the worst thing that happens? You're right. wrong and you're a little embarrassed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, just be that person. Be that person. You never know what you could be doing. Whose life you could be saving. You have no idea. My husband actually has taught me that my husband's always that person. Yeah, just be and that it, person. it like, gives me courage to also be that person. Mm-hmm. All right. That night they are eating some canned food and he turns on the TV and there is the news report. Top of the news. Biggest story on the news that night is that Elizabeth is missing and she sees her mom making her statement to the press. She sees her family. I would die. Everybody's searching. Vincent sees how upset this makes her and he loves it. He gets off on her pain. This piece of garbage human being. Mm-mm. Elizabeth realizes that her only chance to survive 
is to pretend that she likes him. At this point, Vincent's opening up to her. He's venting to her. He's telling her about himself. And she's going along with it. I feel like it's a real smart move. Again, very much like Colleen Stan, who was pretending like she was down for the cause. I've always imagined if I was in this position, these are the moves that I would be making. This girl's fucking smart. I, she's very smart. I feel like I'd be crying and peeing myself. No, but she is very smart. I, I, I hope that. Yes. No, she's and maybe by telling these podcast episodes, if anyone's ever in that position, they'll think just back look. To this. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Take example. So she pretends that she likes him. She pretends that she has now adapted to her situation. Give them what they want. By day four, she's no longer chained up. Mm-hmm. And he's taking her because at night he'll leave the bunker to go get water mm-hmm. from the local stream or whatever. And then he filters it. Right. So by day four, she's no longer chained up. He takes her above ground at night only to get the water. Right. Once again, our badass bitch, Elizabeth, starts leaving clues. She rips out her own pieces of hair. Oh, and my gosh. Sprinkles them around the woods for people or dogs Hounds. or whoever yeah. to help find her so smart at this point vincent's calling her baby mm-hmm. right kill Blah. me kill me Blah. he's saying he loves her and she is complying she loves him too um, she realizes though she's gonna have to get herself out of this so she starts looking for ways out of the bunker. She can't find a way out. She tries to li- He goes to sleep at night. She's unchained. Even at night. So she. He falls asleep. And she'll go up. And try to lift the trap door. It's too heavy. Oh. Okay. So the trap door is not going to work out for her. Interesting. So then she finds one of his guns. Next to him while he's sleeping. Okay. She gets it. She points it at his head. She pulls the fucking trigger. And the gun jams. <sighs> And she's so scared he's going to wake up, but he doesn't. And she just replaces replaces the gun, acts like nothing happened. Then she finally, because she's getting him on her side, right? They're in this together now. Bonnie Mm -hmm. and Clyde hiding from the law. So in love. She convinces him that to let her play um, games on his phone Mm -hmm. because she's bored. She's playing games, but she's also trying to send text messages oh, to she's her family. Playing game. The game. The yeah, most important she's game. Fucking playing it all right. She tries to send text messages to her parents. <laughs> They're not going through because she has no service. Because she's in a hole. In the bunker. Yeah. Which we can assume that he knew that was gonna happen, which is why he let her use his cell phone yeah. for games, because he knew that she wasn't gonna get yeah. anything through. September thirteenth. The town is going to hold a vigil for missing Elizabeth at the capital of, were we, South Carolina? And Lugolf. Yeah, but the capital of South Carolina, which is somewhere else. But they're going to hold a vigil. So, oh, I didn't say the time. I think it's around four o'clock. Madeline, Elizabeth's mom, is about to leave the house. She's gathering up her keys and everything. When she sees that she has a text message from an unknown number. Amazing. She opens it up and reads it. It starts off by saying, hey, mom, it's Lizzie. I'm in a hole in the ground where she I then, would pass out immediately. She then describes where she is in the woods. Right. 
And because now she's been out of the hole enough that she can kind of describe yep, the she's location around. enough mm-hmm. of where she is. Obviously, Madeline freaking out. So excited because she knows this isn't a prank call. She knows this isn't fake because the only people in Elizabeth's life that uses the term Lizzie is her mom, her dad, and her brother. Yep. That's it. So the fact that she used the term Lizzie. She knows. She knows. That is her girl. Yes. She takes it to the cops and they start searching immediately with heat-seeking equipment from the air, from the sky. Okay. But they're picking up nothing. Then they track the cell phone number, which is um, pinged off of cell phone towers near where Elizabeth described that she she was. Yeah. Like, OK, well, that checks out. And then they see who owns that cell phone number. Oh, it's this ding, piece ding, of ding. shit. Vincent, who's on the run for raping hmm. his 11 year old stepdaughter. Shit. This is probably real. And Elizabeth is probably in a lot of danger. Yep. They start searching more and more, still not seeing anything. So they finally announce on the news that Vincent and Elizabeth watch every night that Vincent is the main suspect. They believe that he is holding Elizabeth captive. And they know this because they received a text message sent from his cell phone to Elizabeth's mom from Elizabeth. Mm Mm-hmm. Which feels like a bad idea to announce that. It's a very risky, calculated move. Coming from a cop, again, calculated. As a parent, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. What's stopping him from instantly killing her? Toy with my child's life. Dangle her by a fucking thread. And thank God that Elizabeth was so smart that she like got in with him. Buttered him up. Because otherwise, what's stopping him no. from just killing her no. immediately no. and running off? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Elizabeth's parents are pissed. Yeah. They didn't know they were going to do this until they aired it on the news. Yeah. So that's great. Vincent is very hurt and betrayed <sighs> and pissed off. He kind of screams. How could you do at Elizabeth and like, you know, reads her the riot. The riot act. That's yeah. not a thing. It's not the riot act. What else would you call it? I don't know what it is. It's not the right act. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're fucking idiots. So do not. Listen. We, we're earning that one star review, baby. We've we don't been, know we've what been we're talking about. The vodka for too long. <laughs> we've been drinking Costco vodka. I, All right. I, Anyways, he basically like, you know. Fuck you. He gives he gives her the the shakedown. Yeah. But then he asks her, what should I do? He asks for this 14 year old girl's advice. Right. The love of his life. Her advice. She tells him run now. Are you looking at it? Of course I am. What does it say? A vigorous reprimand or warning. So riot act? Yes. So yeah, he read her the riot act. Yes. It just didn't sound right coming out of my mouth. Well, oh. <laughs> Usually things only sound good g- coming going, in my mouth. Right, going in your mouth. Meow, 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 meow. Absolutely. 
So he asks her her advice. She says, run now because our girl is smart. She knows what's go- she knows what's up. Mm-hmm. She's like, run now, pack up your shit and run because I'm so scared that they're gonna either what catch you, you or kill you. And then how are we gonna be together, Elizabeth? You badass bitch. Oh we my love god. You. He takes her advice. Of course. He packs up. He, he runs and she tells him, if you go tonight. I'll wait and then I'll also run away in the morning and then we'll meet up and we can run away together mm-hmm. and be in love and together. A 36 year old man and a 14 year old girl, you piece of shit. So he packs up, he runs, and she is so badass and smart. She stays in that motherfucking bunker. Overnight. Overnight. Yeah. Do you know how hard that must have been? Right. She was scared that if she came up that he would be waiting for her. Too soon. Too soon. And he would realize that she had been lying. Yeah. And then kill her, kidnap her or whatever. I do have a question. Mm -hmm. So prior to this, hadn't she struggled to get out of the bunker because it was too heavy? I We literally talked about that about three minutes ago. Literally, we just talked about it. Refresh my memory. Yeah. She tried to get out and the fucking lid was... Too- oh, so you're saying how she get out now? Yeah. That's what I thought. I'm like... Super I, strength. I, okay. I'm like... I Adrenaline. Missed, I'm like, I missed her getting out? No, exactly. Yeah, we no, just... No, she tried to open the door. It was too heavy. Yeah, she but now she can. Yeah, she's got super strength Okay, now. okay. Adrenaline. Okay. I'm like, three also, minutes ago, I missed well, this? But <laughs> also, maybe before, it's because Vincent was asleep and she was trying to be quiet. Okay. So maybe now that he's not there. Yeah, yeah. She and she could just go groan full. and grunt. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, fuck off and get the door open. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. There that you go. makes sense to me. And that was not in the pod, either podcast I listened no, to. I just, just came up with that theory myself. And, and I feel like I really added something to the story. That makes sense. Thank yeah, absolutely. You. Vincent runs off. She waits the night out in this fucking bunker chamber yeah. of horrors. Oh, my gosh. Like the badass bitch she is. Morning time comes. She gets herself out mm-hmm. one way or the other. Starts just calling for help into the woods. Yeah. Of course, a search party is out searching for her. Thank they God. hear her. They run up on her. Could you imagine if they weren't, if they gave up? Uh, crazy. I mean, I guess you just start walking. Yeah. I mean, he had plenty of supplies. Yeah. Uh-oh. He had plenty of supplies, so she could have, like, fueled up and walked. Okay. But still, yes. Thank God they were looking for her. They find her standing right next to this open oh trap door in the ground. That they've walked over. Probably a million times. Um, they find her. The sheriff runs up to her and he's immediately crying. The sheriff Aww. is in tears. He hugs her and holds her to him. And he says, you're safe now. I've been looking for you everywhere. Oh, wow. I'm going to cry. That's wow. ah, so sweet. Okay. Now, Vincent has been walking through the woods all night trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> Fuck him. I forgot about him. He I forgot pulls, he even existed. He pulls a TB. Oh, a TB. He pulls a TB, which is he ends up walking through the wilderness for hours only to find himself back in town where he tries to steal a car. Oh, my gosh. Very 
Ted Bundy, episode 46, the yes. Kanye West of serial killers. You got killers. the number and everything. I'm yep. drinking to that shit. Yep. That's what we call it, people. A Ted Bundy, a basic TB. ass serial killer, a TB. <sighs> okay. But he, again, like he picked the wrong... Can you guys hear that train? It's so loud. <laughs> like he picked the wrong girl to kidnap. He picks the wrong mom to carjack. Oh, okay. Hit me. He tries to steal the car of a mom named Jennifer. Okay, Jennifer. Who is out with her very young son. They're out shopping and running errands. She recognizes him from the news Begins to yell at him. Don't and fuck with Jennifer. Berate him for trying to steal her car with her son right there. You're going to try to steal my car. My son's with standing my right kid. here. Mm-hmm. Are you out of your fucking mind? She yells at him until he apologizes and walks away. Why is <laughs> why do I want to be Jennifer for Halloween? Why Jennifer's is she my best. new superhero? Let's go, Jennifer. We're on team you make him apologize grovel she yelled at him grovel until he apologized and left (laughs) amazing of course then jennifer calls the cops and points them in the direction that he walked vincent is apprehended within the next couple hours and that's that yeah the family is reunited at a local hospital the parents, the brother, Elizabeth, are all reunited. They want to give Elizabeth space. They're scared that she needs time to, like, process. Once again, great parents. These are wonderful parents, and they're trying to give her time. And Elizabeth is like, fuck, fuck that. that. I'm Hold ready me. to talk yeah, right now. Yeah. Let me tell you all about this piece of shit. So within hours of them being reunited, she... Is talking to police officers, giving her full statement, giving her full account. Again, she's a badass. Yeah. What more do you expect? Um, they, at some point, I think I skipped over this in my notes. Fuck. All right. Let's, I'm so we sad got this. now. We got this. Come on. What led, because how much I've been looking at my notes? Not very much. You've been I've doing been, great. I yeah. know, but I missed an important part, which is they had issued an arrest a warrant for Vincent's arrest and a search warrant for Vincent's house when they figured out the cell phone number. Okay. They went to Vincent's house. Cindy covered for him once again, but they had the search warrant. They went through his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They found all the holes on his property. They found the weapons. They found pornography. And that's what helped lead to them finding Elizabeth and the bunker and Vincent besides the text message because what you got to was the text message and and I really yeah search yeah 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 so really it was the text message that got her saved all of that it is is important important it is to know that Mm -hmm. that they found Vincent's home Vincent's hole his practice hole his practice hole and all of his weapons and all of his pornography and all of his weird pedophile shit Elizabeth appears at a bond hearing within the next few days um, that Vincent is at in person. He is denied bail. In prison, he tries to write a book. I it's can't. a garbage book, I'm sure. Of course, he is always the victim. 
His first victim, Amber, uh, was asking for it. She loved it. 11-year-old child. Of course. And his next victim, Elizabeth, actually loved him. And she was in on it. And they were going to run away together. They were going to live happily ever after. And it's Vincent getting fucked over by these girls. And it's Vincent getting fucked over by the cops. And blah, 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 blah. He ends up pleading guilty. And both. Wow. Okay. Well, they have the book that he tried to write. True, but and they still. were like, the prosecution brought the book up. Like, here he is. He's admitting to kidnapping and sexual assault and yada yada yada. Yeah. So his, I guess, his defense team suggests that he pleads guilty, which he does. Yeah. Both girls, Amber and Elizabeth, are in court, in person, ready to testify, ready to read their victim statement, like the badasses yep. they are. We cannot applaud them more. That takes so much bravery. The courage. All in all, Vincent is sentenced to kidnapping and 10 counts of sexual assault. That sentences him to 421 years in prison. I got that noted. With no chance of parole. Cindy Hall, who knew what was going on the whole time, is sentenced to aiding and abetting. She knew everything, and she even brought supplies to Vincent, that piece of garbage. We find out that the bunker that Elizabeth was being held in was a half a mile away from her family's home. Mm -hmm. She was very close. Very close. And Vincent- No wonder they walked right by it. Could you imagine? Nope. Could you imagine? Nope. Vincent eventually dies in prison on May 3rd, 2021. So this year he died in prison at 51 years old. They didn't have a reason why it's like a non-disclosed. Cheers Cheers to you dying, you piece of shit. I'm sorry that you died of natural causes. I Mm -hmm. wish you would have died a horrific death. Mm -hmm. I wish the other prisoners would have raped you. Hopefully they did. Oh, I'm And fucking murked you, Uh you piece of shit. Elizabeth. Obviously suffered some from PTSD, of course, but she did go back to high school. She graduated high school. She graduated college. She's now a dental hygienist still in South Carolina. And her and her family are very proud of her. She says she's very proud of herself because she outsmarted Vincent, who had outsmarted the police. So is she just like the most incredible young person ever? I guess so. So literally... Brilliant child survival skills. She's, I don't care how old. Like, She's leaving clues. Right. She's keeping her head on her From shoulders. day one. Yeah. Day one. Yeah, yeah. Just calculated moves Incredible. that saved your life. And now graduate high school. Graduate Go college, on to college. And great did, career. Living her life. Are you fucking kidding me? That's something any parent would be lucky enough yeah, totally. to have and she regardless gives, of the struggle. She's given multiple interviews to multiple different TV shows and whatever. She has no problem talking out about her experience. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Jesus. And after she had been found and the trial and all of that, the same sheriff who had found her and hugged her, oh. they asked him about the whole thing. And he said, they meaning the police department, the searchers himself they didn't rescue her. She, she did. She rescued she herself. She did all the work. So shout out to you, Elizabeth. Badass bitch. We love you. We stand you. And that is the story of the kidnapping of Elizabeth Schof. 
So to seem like such a small, insignificant case as far as like our big stories. Right. The fact that she did. We're going to say it. She saved herself. She saved herself. She saved saved herself. And Brilliant. It's incredible. Incredible. Mm-hmm. What an inspirational story. Yeah. What an inspirational young woman. She's the best. Wow. Incredible. And how and lucky. And she's still out there living her life because she's only in her 20s. No, and how lucky she was to have had lifetime to cover it. <laughs> no lifetime. And I will say it's so incredible that it happened in like 2016. Yep. It's so recent. So it did. It happened in 2016. The movie Girl in the Bunker is 2018. Oh, they gave it two years. Mm-hmm. And we are in, we open like looking upon like the outskirts of Lugolf, uh-huh. South Carolina. We see 14-year-old Lizzie in school. She's taking notes as we have... I would only assume the principal walking in and asking another student, Lucy Jennings, to collect her things and she's removed from the class. Oh, okay, okay. Lucy. Is Lizzie Lizzie, Amber? Yes. Yes, I knew it. I figured that but out. But I don't. I know. Yeah. You have no idea what's going no, on. No, I have no fucking clue. And in I'm the like, real why, case, why is this significant to me watching this movie? And in the real case... There is no track record of yeah. Amber and Elizabeth having anything any, about to do mm-hmm. with each other. They're different. You said like 11 and she's supposed to be 14. Like Elizabeth's yeah. 14. Amber was 11 going on when 12 they, when it happened. So there is a possibility been, yeah. because they lived really close to each other. Yeah. So there's a possibility that they were in school mm-hmm. and they just didn't mention it in the very slim research I did. Yeah. But that is true. I didn't think about that. But they might have known each other. Yeah. Um. I'm going to refer to her as Lizzie. Perfect. But obviously, like you had pointed out, she was an Elizabeth. And it's yes. like you you need to know her to get the right. Lizzie, right? Of course. So Lizzie asks another student, like, what's up? And she's informed that the other student, like, cops have shown up to her house before. Something about her mom. Uh-huh. Blah, blah, blah. Like, but we never see or find out what's going on. At this point, Lizzie takes the bus home from school where she finds her younger brother, Bobby, already playing video games. Uh huh. She, of course, the first thing, picks up the phone, calls mom. We're home. Everything's fine. Yep. Goes on to make Bobby a sandwich. Oh, badass big sister. That's exactly like we've said, right? Later that night. In the distance behind the house, right, we see a man in the middle of the woods, a bandana covering most of his face, digging a hole. And the hole, not the hole, but like the the vibe, the the, the whole thing. (laughs) The hole with the W. Yeah, the hole with the hole. Gives me kind of like 420 vibes. Oh. Like them sneaking out mm, in the middle in of the, the night. Uh-huh. Okay. The bandana on the what face. What episode was that, B? That was episode 37. Hey! <laughs> All right. And we do. September 6, 2026 is what they count as day one. Okay. Lizzie's dad. No name. Again. <laughs> no job. <laughs> is off to a day of hunting. 
Her mom is running late, rushing Lizzie and Bobby off to the school bus. Lizzie becomes upset in the car when she realizes she's forgotten her makeup at home. Begs her mom to take her back. They have a whole fight about the whole thing. You don't need your fucking makeup at school. That's a mom point of view, but I remember being well, that's that age. Right. You did I, my makeup at school. I needed my makeup right. at school. Right, but it's like, no. It's like, it's not that big of a deal. It is a big of it a deal. It is a big deal. When you're, I yes. would bring my whole makeup bag to school. So because of this, the fight kind of escalates, and it's like... She, the mom ends up saying, like, don't bother coming home. Whoa. So this is not Madeline show vibes. But they, no, it's like, it becomes like, if you're going to have that kind of attitude, like, you don't need to come home. This is Lizzie? Lizzie and her mom are fighting in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is crazy. It's all over the makeup. Like, because she wants her mom to turn back. Her yeah. mom's like, no, I'm already running late. This the- is nothing like I've heard of the actual Lizzie and Madeline. Right. They're like, but I almost feel like it's typical, like mom and daughter. Oh, it's super bullshit. typical. I'm just saying that nobody mentioned it in anything I listened to exactly. or read. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all a big fight over this makeup and the mm-hmm. whole thing behind the makeup is she wants to impress the new boyfriend. Hey, there right. He but is. like her mom's like, you're going to fucking school. Like you don't need makeup. I don't have time for this shit. And Lizzie's like, well, this is important to me. And yeah. you have this attitude. Don't fucking yeah, come yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. Of course. You know she's gonna regret. I know those words right and I was just shocked. A, it feels like they're putting it's a very movie thing they're setting us up because it's like you know the mom's gonna be like oh my god i can't believe I we know. are because yeah. that's the thing is like i just can't believe that they're putting this like weird tension where there wasn't tension in real life right but i guess that's what makes a good movie like, lifetime right so lizzie her bff and her boyfriend They've just gotten off the bus. They're like at the bus stop, like walking their separate ways or whatever. When Lizzie's boyfriend does spark up a joint. Oh. And he's got like a stash of weed on him. Scandalous. Especially for South Carolina. Offers it to the girls. Lizzie politely declines. BFF takes a hit or whatever. But boyfriend's brother is rolling up. To, like, pick him up to take him home. So mm-hmm. he's, like, he's got to put it out. He doesn't want to get caught. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, Lizzie, can I put this in your backpack? Oh. She's very uncomfortable. She does not want to be holding his stash. But she also doesn't want to be uncool. Right. It's right? a hard line to tell. This is her new boo. So she's, like, you know, I don't want to get you in trouble. Whatever. So the joint... And the very little, like, dime sack of weed. Like a nothing. Go into her backpack. The boyfriend and the best friend, they do, they get in the car. It's like his older brother. They're going to drive home, like you had mentioned. She's like, it's cool. I'm going to walk. It's, like, right up the street. I'm good. So this movie is making, air quote, Lizzie a little bit cooler and a little bit more rebellious Mm -hmm. than the actual Elizabeth. Right. So as... Lizzie is approaching the mailbox at the end of her driveway. A man calls out from the fucking woods. He's like standing in the woods. The way I would run into my house and cry, I (laughs) I couldn't even. I mean, God bless her. She's very brave. I would have ran into my house and locked the door and cried. He's claiming to be with police. 
at least in your description, he had the sheriff's department's shirt on. Which, by the way, I will say was hand stitched. Right. No. He like made the shirt. It was he, like an official shirt. He looks nothing. <laughs> nothing. He's just like a crazy person. He looks like a fucking lunatic. And well, luckily in my childhood and upbringing, um, we were taught to never talk to the police. So yeah. joke's on you, buddy. I'm locking right. the door and you better have a warrant. He tells her that she's being arrested because of the pot. Yeah. Right. And she has that weird, like you said, dime bag. Exactly. So he handcuffs her with. Like, By the way, so was he watching or is he guessing? I think he's watching. He's been watching. Oh, OK. Yeah. No. Perfect. He, yeah. So he knows what's going on. No, he was. He's been. He handcuffs I was her. Say, what a lucky guess. With like zip ties. Uh-huh. Right. Which, by the way, we've mentioned this before on the podcast, Dutch USA, I think, on TikTok, yeah, can teach you how to get out of zip ties. Yep. Mm-hmm. Even police-grade zip ties. Mm-hmm. Even the thick boys. Yep. He can teach you how to get out of them. So check him out on TikTok. You will learn how to get out of zip ties. And um, tells her, like, I'm going to take you in for questioning. Don't fuck with me. And she's like, well, I got to take care of my little brother. And he's like, nope. The mo- We already have your little brother. Wow. Right. So wow. she's like, well, I'm not going to fight with that. He does strap the device around her neck, which is crazy to me. Crazy. The idea that a police officer would strap a bomb around yeah. your neck. over a- I mean, at that point, she has to realize something's up. Right. It's fucking crazy. Um. So initially she's putting up the fight, but like once her brother's brought into the scene again, like I said, she's not having it. So the badass big sister comes into scene inside the house. We see Bobby is perfectly safe. He's playing his video games. He gets the call from mom and informs mom. Lizzie isn't home. Yeah. Right. Because of the fight, mom is initially not concerned. Right. She's cooling off. She's with her friends. Exactly. I refer to Vincent as Camo Creep. Hey. So Camo Creep walks Lizzie through the woods directly behind her house. Yep. And like we said, all the fucking questions. Do you have a cell phone? Are you a virgin? Blah, blah, blah. And like, you look so much older. I barf. Look at my type. Barf. That's Bailey. In my that's what I can't pick it up because I threw all my pages down. Anytime I said barf on mine, I wrote barf in capital letters. Barf. Uh huh. How are we best friends? Oh my god! I I wrote barf on mine too. Just fucking. It gives you chills. Just gross. I literally wrote barf. You literally typed barf. Yep. Finally, he sits her down. Like I'm not police. You yeah, sh- no shit. You should have figured this out by now. Oh, okay. Like, Thanks. I'm obviously kidnapping you. <laughs> obviously. In, in the middle of the woods, hidden beneath fall leaves. Foliage. Right? Fall foliage. <sighs> there is a rope leading to the entrance of the hidden bunker. Terrifying. How could you ever find somebody who's being kept like that? You can't. Crazy. You, it's. I think about where we live. Yeah. The like it could be in my backyard. The amount, Again, Northern California. The amount of leaves. It could happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. At that point, he does remove the handcuffs. 
and instructs her to climb in below ground. He does have light. Uh-huh. Like, like he turns on a light so that she can see all all the luxuries. Wow. Right? The luxuries. I mean, it's pretty nice for a dirt bunker. hole. Uh-huh. <laughs> However, I'm very claustrophobic and I would start to panic. I mean, obviously <laughs> you're already panicking, but oh, I'd be worried. Right. At this point, she asks. Are you going to kill me? And with a very wide smile, he leans in and he whispers, yes. (gasps) You piece of shit. So by now, mom's figuring shit out. She knows this isn't just Lizzie being pissed off. Something's wrong. She bounces from work. She's calling all over. She's calling police to report her daughter missing. And they tell her they will send somebody out. Hours later. Right. No one shows up. This is small town South Carolina. What else are y'all doing? Show up. Right. So I have it pointed out. Lugolf is an unincorporated community. Yeah. Right. Which we. Well, no, not we. I have grown up in. Right. So it basically relies on Kershaw. Sheriff. yeah, Yeah. County or whatever to provide them with the necessary services. That is true. And whatever they deem important at that time. I grew up in unincorporated. When we talk about our hometown in the East Bay, B lived in that town. Yes. I lived in unincorporated yes. version of that town. We're unincorporated here, I believe. We're unincorporated in the town we live in now. Yeah. So I know that my neighborhood was basically between Bailey's hometown and another town. I was kind of in the weird, like, murky middle and um, the unincorporated means that just the sheriff can respond, which we used to our advantage when we were pieces of shit teenagers because we're like, oh, it's so hard to get a sheriff out here. Like right. cops can come out at any time. But to get a sheriff, right, you have to really be fucking up to get a sheriff because it was only sheriffs were allowed to patrol that part of unincorporated. And that's true here, too. Right. Like. Police departments can't come down here. It has to be the sheriff. And that's why we know if we see anything going on on our street, it's a big fucking deal. So this whole unincorporated business also gives me episode 420 vibes, episode 37, because they very much so relied on like the law of the land. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. cops at that point were like, I, we're not even willing to go out there because we don't even feel like we're invited. Right. Kind of a situation. Right. So by the time authorities do get to the house, it's fucking nighttime. So they can only search by flashlight and by hounds, and they don't find any signs of distress. So because of this, they assume that it's obviously like a runaway situation, like you had said. That she's clearly just like blowing off steam somewhere. In the bunker, we see Lizzie on her side, chained up by the neck in a bed. God. With camo creep undressing behind her. Disgusting. Fortunately, Lifetime keeps it classy. Yeah. We we cut to black, right? But we can only assume. Mm -hmm. We, We know what she endured. Her first night in that fucking bunker. This poor, sweet girl. Yeah. Right? All of that innocence. Day two, 
We see Lizzie's dad and his hunter friends set out to search on foot in the woods. Lizzie's boyfriend is being questioned by police, and they're convinced he's hiding something. Interesting. Right. They just, they know something's up with homeboy. Mm-hmm. Next day, they question her BFF about Lizzie's relationship with said boyfriend. And she's like, well, I mean, none of this sounds like Lizzie. Whatever, mm-hmm. whatever picture you're trying to paint, it's not her. Right. Yeah, her boyfriend smokes a little pot, but it's still not what you're trying to put on my girl. Yeah. Like, none of this is lining up. Below ground, we see Camo Creep taking a shower. He tells Lizzie at this point that she basically just needs to accept that this is as good as it's going to get for her. God damn it. How awful. Ever again. So even if she thinks of trying to escape, she's going to die because he's obviously booby trapped the whole thing. And if for some reason she does manage to escape, he knows where her family and her brother live. And this badass big sister would never allow them to be harmed. So crazy. Would never. Also to be noted, like you said, the more she cries or shows any sign of fear, the more abusive he is towards her. God. So she learns really quick to just obey. Yeah. Right? To just subdue and do what she's got to do. He makes her a lovely dinner of ramen. I mean, I do like ramen. No, but the water he uses looks like a sludge. Like it's oh, it's filth. On. It's filth creek I can't water. Get, like filtered water from well, the ramen. He's boiling it first, so it's it's clean. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We can't pass it through no. some like cheesecloth real quick. She tries not to eat it, reminded it again, like you refuse to do as you're told. Just imagine what's gonna happen to your brother, your family, blah blah blah. Again, the Teresa Nor episode, which was like you always bring up the fact that these people are being held captive and then tried to like force like we're doing you a favor by giving you dry toast when you haven't had anything to drink disgusting sludge water ramen right how dare you You refuse eat it yeah to refuse these nutrients we're providing to you exactly Mm -hmm. so police are at lizzie's house now pitching the idea That because Lizzie's boyfriend left the stash of pot with her, the obvious answer is she's hanging out with that crowd. And she's just off getting high. It's just pot, you fucking losers. But that's just just what you do, right? When you smoke pot, you just run away. Maybe in South Carolina. Hang out with potheads and you just like join a pot cult. Uh, I'm right? so happy that we're from California and pot's not a big deal. Could you imagine that pot is like the devil? The mom isn't fucking having it. Of course. It's fucking weed. Right. Oh, my God. She's not fucking having it. She's like, why would Lizzie leave without her money, her clothes, 
The fucking makeup we fought about. Right. The she didn't even very... want to go to school without the makeup, let right. alone a new life. So again, I'm reminded of episode 23, Strong Island, Long Island. And then 28, Re- Reese Witherspoon, Devil's Knot, the yes. West Memphis 3, yeah. the the just west of Satanic. Yeah. The, she fucking knew. Like, she no, knew. my kid wouldn't just be out. Right. Like, go find my fucking kid. Yeah. We see on day three, a crew set off into the woods at daylight. Hounds, locals are passing out flyers, pictures of Lizzie. The sheriff introduces himself to the parents and he assures them that he's doing everything he can to find their daughter. Except put out a fucking Amber Alert. Yes. So because, it, because, yes, according why? to the movie, they don't have the description of a car yes. or a person yep. or actually any evidence yeah. that would lead to believe. That's all true. Right. That's all true in real life. Right. The Amber Alert, not putting on Amber Alert was very controversial, but in the sheriff's defense, the things they you need yeah. to require an Amber Alert they did not have. Mm-hmm. Camo creep is now letting Lizzie in. Camo creep. Almost. Did they say his name in the movie? At this point, no. Okay. Not at this point. Um, letting us in on a little bit of his past. He claims that he was once married. He refers to this wife as peanut. Yeah. Okay. She apparently lied about sexual assault, broke his heart, blah, blah, blah. As a boy, he was in the scouts, tells her that it's his love for the outdoors that led to him digging these holes. Right. Mm-hmm. That. And that is true in real life. He was a Boy Scout. He loved the outdoors. Him and his friends would mm-hmm. go camping. They'd play Rambo. Blah, blah. I didn't go too much into Vincent because fuck him. Right. But everything you're saying is true. Yes. Uh, it's, so this is a place where he can remember like the simpler times. Yeah. All of that is true of the piece of shit Vincent. Yes. The crew... The search crew has reached the part of the woods that's marked private property. Lizzie's dad doesn't give a fuck. He's <laughs> like, we're going to keep fucking moving. Yes, right. let's go, King. So it's at this point that Camo Creep and Lizzie can hear the footsteps and the voices from above ground. I, again, cannot imagine. Right, We can see them. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Camo Creep cannot contain how proud he is of the fact that they would just be able to walk right by them. Yeah. Right. And And he's so clever. Oh, he thinks he's so fucking smart. He's just the shit. Mm -hmm. We're right here, motherfuckers. And you couldn't find us. Camo Creep has the small TV that they watch the news on, and he is now seeing the first reports of Lizzie's disappearance. Again, 
he's proud of his work because she's not being reported as a kidnap victim. Right. She's reported as a runaway. runaway. You piece of garbage. So, this as well as seeing the pain on her parents' face, on the news, all of this is just making her break down. We know that doesn't work out well for her when she gets right. upset. Because camo creep doesn't like crybabies. Oh, really? Hmm. All right. Day four. Lizzie starts to ask questions. Uh-huh. He asked her plenty of questions. Why not ask him some fucking questions? Amen. Let's go, girl. Right. Finds out Camo Creep had his eyes on her and her friends for a while. She was the easiest to pick off. Oh. Why? Because she's like predictable? Whatever reason. He blames the ex-wife Peanut for ruining his life. Turning him into this monster because according to him, right, she lied about all the abuse and the raping. Right. So when those accusations got around town. He might as well do it. He had no, he had no choice but to hide. Oh, right. Right. But to hide underground. Yeah. In real life, he was like in his book that he wrote. He's like, well, if everyone's going to accuse me of being a pedophile and a rapist, then I might as well fucking do it. And just like you had mentioned, since he had originally planned on bringing said wife into the bunker to kill her and all the cops or whatever, and Mm -hmm. that didn't fucking work out, right? She, Lizzie, is being used as the bait. Right. So that he could blow everyone up as payback. Great. Awesome. What a plan. Right? That night, while Camo Creep is sleeping, Lizzie attempts to get the gun. Yep. Just like we said. And of course, the the chain keeps her just out of reach. Day six, we see Lizzie's family crumbling. All the pressure. Cannot imagine. Everything that's going on, it's too much. Dad is out day and night. Yeah. Day and Searching. He is not home. Yeah. At all. Because he can't give up. Yeah. Which I get. Totally get. That would be my husband. But that leaves mom. I know. At home. To deal with all the bullshit. Alone. Right. You're keeping up with the meals and the housekeeping and the bills and Bobby. Who's watching them fight nonstop. Can't imagine. And there's also a little bit of religious bullshit. Apparently okay. she's like, I'm going to church. They're having. And he's like, I can't rely on the fucking church. Right. Like I need to be out there. Yeah. Actually doing something. You could sit at home and pray all you fucking want. But like I need action. Yeah. But it's also not sitting at home and praying. It's sitting at home and like the whole thing dealing with all the bullshit. Everything that you're leaving behind while you walk the woods, which, Everything. by the way, my husband, a hundred. This is exactly how it would play off. And it's so crazy. Play out in my real life, except mm-hmm. for the religious aspect. But yep. I guarantee you, my husband would be absolutely walking himself into the ground, trying to search the woods and the other until towns it, until his and whatever. Bleed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Now, Lizzie 
wanting to gain camo creeps trust and affection she starts to act a little nice a little flirty i have can't you. imagine the inner strength it takes to she, act nice she's to this guy. doing anything she can to take an interest in him oh my god but also his guns oh she's playing it smart the more he starts to loosen up around her, the more he's willing to show her how he cleans the guns. Yeah. How he loads the guns. And I never said, so I don't know if it's in the movie, is he still a heavy drinker? No, never once do we see him drink. Okay. Not once. Because I was just thinking about that, about like how much looser I would be in Vincent's position how I am when I drink all of a sudden no. oh we're getting real casual we're no. we're unchaining people mm. and we're cleaning guns and we're doing this that and the other no. for sure that's how I would be if I was him and I was drinking no but you're and I didn't see anything about it either Mm-mm. so no and eventually he even shows her how to shoot <laughs> this guy right okay I know Then, one night, we see him take her out of the bunker for like a midnight stroll. Wow, how romantic. Thanks, Vincent. Where they walk to the abandoned car where he retrieves the supplies that have been left by someone. Piece of garbage, Cindy. They go to a stream where he collects the fucking disgusting water he uses to cook with. Fantastic. And while at the stream, we see him text Mm-hmm. We see him text with someone he claims to be his girl. Yeah. Right? And this is all true in real life. He's so, Cindy. And it's this girl that's been leaving the supplies for them. So Lizzie's kind of confused at this point. Like, is this the ex-wife? But it sounded like she skipped state. Like, right. like, like, who is this girl? Uh-huh. Right? Who is, like, almost like this competition or whatever. So Lizzie pretends to be jealous. Wow, Lizzie. To butter him up. And when he notices a searchlight from a nearby helicopter, they book it back to the bunker. And it's during this that we see her leave her shoes behind. Oh, the sandals. She claims that they fell off. Of course. Because they were running so fast. And so fast. And it's the middle of the night. and They got to tra- get back to the bunker. He, he can't go back to look for them. Oh, it's my God. fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. Yes, girl. Right? Let's go, queen. Lizzie, day seven, has now convinced Camo Creep that she is, like, not a runaway threat no longer needs to be chained to the bed. It's so hard for me to think. Day about seven of a full week. These guys, what is it? What is it about them that they start to believe this shit? That the people that they have kidnapped right. and raped that and assaulted and mind. and have chained up and violated them every way possible have like, begin to love what is that about them is it just because they've never felt loved is it the fragile ego what is it that they believe that shit so thank god they do i i right because without it that night as he sleeps we see her try to send the text message 
Yeah. And we see on her end the message failing. Yeah. Okay. She also grabs the gun again. Try Well, I mean, this time she successfully grabs the gun. She tries to shoot. But of course, the fucking trigger jams. Uh-huh. Back at her house, the parents are being informed by the sheriff. The same sheriff who promised he would do everything that if for some reason, if, if their daughter is alive, uh-huh. to hear these words, that she's long gone from Lou Golf. Great. Thanks. Thanks for the update, Sheriff. So the man who prom- swore to, like to in the movie to me, this guy's I'm just furious. Like he promised I'm going to do everything for you. Like eh, <sighs> she she might be alive. And if she is, she's definitely not around here. It's like, oh, you piece of shit. Are there anybody we is there anybody that we know in this movie? One person I recognize, but only because I watch the show on Netflix. It's a Canadian show. It's called Working Moms. Yeah, I watched that. The girl with the Frankie. With the I think super... I watched. I think I watched the Australian version. Let me stop you there. Oh, Working Moms. I think started off in Australia, and okay. I watched the Australian version. Okay, so I watched the Canadian mm-hmm. version. Frankie, super curly hair. Yeah. It plays the neighbor mom. She is the only person I recognize. I do super like the show Working Moms on Netflix, though. The one that I watched. We suggest it. Um, So, again, basically, like, again, if, if your daughter's alive. She's gone, so don't expect much from me. Day eight. (laughs) Lizzie's mom opens her cell and sees the message that Lizzie thought had failed. Oh. It gives a brief description of where she is, and she warns them to watch out for the hidden bombs. Yes. Okay. Did I mention that in mine? Yeah. Okay, great. Camo creep finds the gun jammed, but Lizzie sweet talks her way out of it. Like, why would I lie to you? Right. I love you. Don't push me away. It's you and I together forever. Forever. Come on, baby. Police are questioning if the text message is a hoax. Mm hmm. Yep. They decide to call the number used to send the message ballsy fucking move that's even more ballsy than the real life case i gave that that the little brother points out like that's a stupid fucking move bro yes little brother was his name bobby yes bobby the call goes to voicemail (laughs) yeah day nine police link the burner phone used that send the message to the woman who purchased it approximately three weeks prior, Catherine Heath. Is that my Cindy yes. Wells or yes. whatever? Upon arriving at the property, one officer knows exactly who she is, who's involved, the whole fucking thing. He's like, check it out. Her ex-sex offender boyfriend vincent 
who they said had left the state because they could never find him to question him Mm because he was always in these fucking bunkers. Because he's always in his practice holes. Uh Uh-huh. So Catherine doesn't appreciate being questioned about said ex, refuses to answer any questions, but while they're in her mobile home, they find a hole cut in the floor. In the floor? mm Mm-hmm. With a bunker. And then they find an additional bunker beneath a shed out back. This motherfucker loves digging holes. The sheriff at this point names him the digger. Yeah, he loves this Mm -hmm. shit. Imagine digging that many holes. Yeah. God damn. The one behind or the one underneath the mobile home was just like a basic hole. Just to hide in. The one underneath the shed had like a blow up bed and that like was probably the one where he was kid like keeping amber locked right. in mm-hmm. so crazy when they show Catherine the link between her and the text messages to the phone that she bought uh-huh she finally agrees to take them to the car where she's been leaving the supplies oh so she's a snitch but she claims that she doesn't know where he actually is is okay. only where she's been leaving the supplies. Obviously, she has no idea about the kidnapping. Right. Just that he's hiding. Clearly. Obviously. Police roll the dice, release the message to the press, knowing damn well that it's putting Lizzie's life at risk and her parents are fucking livid. Could you imagine? Nope. Camo Creep and Lizzie watch the news as it's reported They now know who the abductor is. They've narrowed down their search. And Camel Creep is fucking pissed. He thinks little Lizzie's a liar. Yep. Right? Takes one to no one. like his ex-wife, Peanut. Oh, yeah. Right? He thinks about killing her right then and there. But just as police were hoping for, he's a fucking coward. He's not going to kill her. Yeah, piece of shit. Lizzie well, instead. Well, I guess it's a good thing. That right. Lizzie instead convinces him that she's telling the truth because she actually remembered to erase the message. So even though it got delivered, according to his phone, it was never sent. Because she's smart Fucking, as fuck. I can't. I can't with her. So he's got no proof that she actually did. And then she declares her love for him. Yep. And that if for some reason he could only leave his girlfriend, the two of them could be together forever. This is when the camo creep reveals there's really nothing to worry about this said girlfriend, Cat, because the only reason he's with her is he was excuse me, initially (laughs) in love with her daughter. Oh, yes. The second housewife or whatever. Her daughter was the love of his life. Oh, the 11-year-old daughter was the love of your life, you garbage The one he referred to as his wife. Peanut, the one he always wanted. Oh, that's what he's talking about? To marry. I want to kill this person who's dead. I know. Lizzie asks, 
what the girl's name was. And he's like, it was Lucy. <sighs> and just as you said, the very girl taken out of Lizzie's class at the beginning of the movie. Poor Lucy, poor Lizzie, poor fuck Amber guy. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Fuck this guy. Um, he tells Lizzie she doesn't want to lose her like he lost Lucy, so he does. He leaves her in the bunker. Mm-hmm. Day 10, Lizzie takes her chance and crawls out where she's finally found yep. by police. Day 10. Incredible. We see one officer step on something that does look like a bomb. It clearly does not go off because homeboy's a dumbass. He's a fucking idiot. And they're all fucking decoys. Thank God. Fucking Lizzie's taken to the hospital. She's reunited with her family. As soon as her mom, dad, and brother walk in, the nurse is like, you can see her. You can't touch her right it's a lot it's a lot of trauma fortunately the family gives zero fucks i know but i do get that though i know but 10 days 10 days you haven't seen lila i understand as a mom but you i you don't you already don't like to be touched a right lot. and now you've been violated for 10 days straight i know that you would not want to be touched don't touch me for a little bit. Give me some room. I yep. get it. It probably depends on the person and on the case. Right. There's no way I'm not holding my daughter. I understand. But yeah. if she's been assaulted like that, I you know. might have to give her. I don't some think space. I could. I know. I'm just. I'm not saying it's right. I'm standing up for the nurse. Yeah. That the nurse is like looking out for her patient. Yeah. And that's her job is to. Whatever is best for the patient is what goes. Yeah. And depending on the person, they might not want to be touched. And I, like, I'm not saying it's right, but it's like my mom. Oh, I get it. I after know. the pandemic, like I, there's no way I want to see my granddaughter and not lick her face. Or, I, yeah. I completely get it. <laughs> I'm just standing up for the nurse that she is doing her job. Mm-hmm. So like I said. They don't give a fuck. They grab her. Of they course. hold her. They love her. They They're so excited to see her. The whole thing. Yes. They very casually end the movie <laughs> with these notes. Vincent, what'd you, Philia was found guilty of sure. multiple charges, sentenced to 421 years without the possibility. God, don't you wish it was 420 years. The one did year it all, is yeah. killing me. And Elizabeth continues to rebuild her her life. That's it. That's, that's how they say That's it. That's all they fucking say. All right, Elizabeth, dental yeah. hygienist. Yeah, they, she continues. Although your movie was made 18. two years after yeah. versus I have info from... Was that five, six years, seven years after? So when your movie was made, she was probably still doing either like high they school said or college. Nothing about the accomplice or anything. Just Vincent's a piece of shit, and Lizzie goes on about her life. Yep. <laughs> All right. So how'd you feel? I mean, it feels like it. It's another fucking really one. It, Lifetime's killing it. It's Lifetime. An- it's another four. We could 
rebrand this whole podcast lifetime as movies true crime meets lifetime, lifetime. Mm-hmm. incredible so, yes, hands off to lifetime they I've are really picking up the slack never for our podcast. in my life have i watched a lifetime movie until now and they are fucking killing it. you've been sleeping on lifetime this whole this, time this whole time so how many knives do you give like, it four four solid four they were solid as with girl in the box yeah they were on Solid. point with the details. I'm so appreciative of them not giving me the rape. I don't need to see that. You know what's happening. The second they cut to black, you still get that pain in your heart. You yeah. still know. You still get that sickness in your stomach without them being vile and graphic. When it comes to killing, I want to see the killing. I want to see blood. I want to see guts. I didn't get that last week. This yes. week, I didn't need to see rape. That's not what I'm here for. That's not what I want to see, but I still got the pain. Yeah. I still got the torture, the feelings. and It's kind of the same thing with us where for the longest time, if a horror movie wasn't rated R, we weren't interested. Nope. But then we saw a couple of PG-13. And they take it. Horror movies who cannot rely on the blood, the guts, the cursing. So they have to really bring the scary. Right. And they scared us way worse than the rated R movies. Yep. Yeah. And so it's that cutting to black. I didn't need to see it to feel what she was going through. Like it just you knew you knew that first night in the bunker. The master of that was Alfred Hitchcock. And he mm-hmm. believed that whatever you made up in your, in your mind, mind, your mind gonna be is going to fuck it up so way much harder worse mm-hmm. than if you see it with your eyes. Mm-hmm. That's why his movies like Psycho, like The Birds, are actually scarier than something like Hostel, where you see everything in yep. detail and it's hard to watch. But like Alfred Hitchcock's movies actually scare you more and think about the ones that linger yes it's the ones that are left up to your own imagination always right because it's going to keep going so four knives right easily 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 again i don't fucking recognize any of the actors couldn't tell you one fucking name in this movie Mm -hmm. short sweet to the point all factual Mm -hmm. for the most part the hardest thing was finding it Oh, okay. Finding these Lifetime movies is really hard. Now, B, I hate to bring this into your life. There is a Lifetime app. Yeah, not that they give you access to all their shit. Have you paid for it? What do I pay for anything? Right. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Is if you pay right. for the lifetime. Right. I don't app, pay for anything. But for what we're getting out of the podcast, it might be worth the investing five ninety nine right. a month. Mm-hmm. The if I get one movie a the month. Starbucks out of it. venti coffee mm-hmm. a month. Right. I also don't what? pay for that. I know. I know. But you would if you had to. Yeah. No, right. it it was available on Prime. It was available on Voodoo. There were ways that I could have. I'm just saying at this point, it might be worth paying for the Lifetime app. Yeah. Well, if people, it might be our whole new if podcast. If people stop leaving us one star reviews, wow. maybe I'll think about paying. Wow. The one person who left us a one star review forever will be in our shit books. Forever and clean. So what's your... Look of the week. My look of the week. I am absolutely going for 
Vince's like vibe behind the house uh-huh. digging said bunker. <laughs> digging a hole. Yeah, just digging a hole, right? You had said the camo pants or whatever. I don't have camo pants, but I have a camo jacket. I'm going to do the bandana across the face. And I think we're just going to dig a hole in the middle of the night with a flashlight. And what more do you want? I mean, what more is there to do? Yeah. there's. there's... If you have not seen Bee's Look of the Week last, last week. week ah! According to Ben. Because Ben is back. Ben is back. I really feel like he should be part of our drinking game. I know. According to Ben. Our best we, friend. We could have just given up last week. Last week could have been. So good. Our last episode because it gave. Every point. So mm-hmm. episode 50, great number. The walk not down just, memory lane. Not just a Bay Area the podcast, but an East Bay crime Very serial killer. Close to home. Where we grew up, I grew up going to all those locations. Then you also have the trip down memory lane with the movie you had to watch had so many actors and references. So many. To THC history and then your creme de la creme look of the week the look it of was the week. so fucking good that we did in the middle of the day at like 11 in the morning the middle of the day amazing all of our neighbors to see yeah yeah thc podcast on instagram to see b's look of the week as yeah. always pictures of the week's episodes sometimes personal pictures of what i just snap at random for kicks. Is listen, we'll take a picture right now and I'll post it. Hey, are you ready? It's been a while so since we've been in the shed. I know. That's why we should take a shed selfie. There you go. So we just took a shed selfie. We'll blurry post that. Maybe if it's not blurry. All right, if we can see straight, and we will. Oh, uh, <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> Bye. She took her husband's advice very literally, and we are doing just nothing. Cut it short. End. Just cut it short. We will see you next time, bitches. Next Goodbye. time. No, because now I have to pee.